question. We ready? Yep. Hey, so guys, I, there was a yeah. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it was like a it was like a yellow spot in my front yard. You know, obviously the grass wasn't growing there, and that was the issue. All the other yards in my neighborhood are green as can be. Mm-hmm. Mine has this one yellow spot, and I, so what should I do about it? Are you really saving this anecdote for when we really hit record? Is this what we've been sitting on? I love it. Yeah, I think we got We got We got to be well rounded. We got to address well, all problems. Okay, once we, life. once we flesh through it, I think you guys will understand why I brought that example up. Wink, <laughs> wink. You know, it might have some type of clue towards a topic, which is you got to flesh through the my first example. Okay, so d- do you have a, a sprinkler system? Yeah, irrigation all the way, baby. Okay, so did you run the irrigation? Been running it all summer long. Well, High water bills for days. Sounds like you may have a gap in the coverage there of your irrigation system. Or, or I didn't rake the leaves good enough in that area, and the acid... I'm not going anywhere. This is not going anywhere. Wait, is this really not coming back to the... Well, it's probably not coming back. I was just trying to get us somewhere. Um, We're making headway. Do do we want to continue? Is this going to be the intro? I I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like you probably cut this, right? But... I I mean, like, if this is just to, like, get us all to start talking and loosen up... I'm loose. Loose and loose. It looks like you guys are pretty loose. I mean, I feel like I should have read something less dour while we were all... Preparing. Preparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we just go with it. So w- today we're talking about the law, right? <laughs> well, I actually read something more dour. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the law. Yep. Christian law. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, may, you know, I could see us getting back to Will's lawn problems by the end of this yeah. discussion. But uh, the law is a conundrum to most Christians. Mm-hmm. What is our relationship to it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You guys growing up or in your journey as a Christian where have you have you gone through phases with the law and it's how it relates to you or you guys have always been like yep this is the law or this is how I am with the law I don't know I mean yeah for me I have gone through ups and downs of what the law meant growing up I think I think I was raised under the law I'm pretty sure that's I don't know if that's the principle that my parents had consciously but it was like I remember multiple times, like, if I would do something bad, my mom would, like, indirectly quote one of the Ten Commandments about, like, Mm -hmm. something. I didn't know they were the Ten Commandments at the time, but they were. Yeah. And and I guess I didn't clarify. We're talking about the law of God, like Moses. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. I mean, anyway, it could be the law of America or the... Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you did say Christian law. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, and I was just going to, I mean, broadcasting is hard, so. Um, my relationship to the law, yeah, you know, I, I, so pretty early on in, probably before I needed to know this, you know, somebody pointed out to me, you know, the, the, the key tenets of the law, the, the, the Lord in, in Matthew 5, he, he takes them and he just like, just cranks them up to eleven million, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know the, the the example that I always share with people from this is is we are told clearly in the law you shall not commit adultery. But the Lord says if you just look at a woman mm-hmm. with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery in your heart with her. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, the person who shared this with me when I was realistically like ten, again 
probably too young for this, mm-hmm. but <laughs> said, so the Lord takes the law and says, you thought you could fulfill that. So here's the thing. I'm going to raise the standard so high that even you won't think you can fulfill that. Mm-hmm. And so that you will be driven to not try to keep the law in yourself. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, I most of my Christian life, I have... I've definitely, as Paul says, I've become a law unto myself. He talks about the Gentiles, maybe that's in Romans 3, but he says that they've become a law to themselves. I've become a law to myself in that I've decided I'm going to not do some things and do some things and then completely failed Mm -hmm. to do either of those things. But as far as, like, have I lived with the Ten Commandments in front of me, no, because pretty early on I I had this realization, yep, that's completely impossible for... Mm -hmm myself to complete and the point of the law was not that it would be completed in oneself Mm. that's why the lord said when you guys said way back in exodus all that jehovah has said we will do and keep this has been brewing in me since then we are gonna have to raise this if you say to your brother that he's a moron you you killed him in your heart so now you're liable (laughs) anyway so that's my long answer to your short question yeah, I guess you, like, you jumped right to it. That's like, I mean, I think the law, what most, when most people think of the law, they think this is like the standard, the moral code by which, you know, proper Christians will do, you know, will sure. live. Um, and I, I've dealt with it or struggled with this because like, you know, what after you get saved, it's just like, what now? Um well, I guess I better be a good lawful person and try to keep the commandments. You know, th- this is my new, new moral code. Is you know, I think that's how I have taken it a lot. It almost like I know, and I don't. I'm sure most listeners are clear about this. Like, the law is clearly not what saves you. Like, you the law can't render salvation. Not because the law is not good and holy, like Paul says that in Romans seven, um, but our flesh. Because of our fallen, sinful flesh, it has no way to give life. Like the, the problem with the law is it's, it's objective. It's outside of us. It places demands upon us from God that we can't fulfill. Right. Um, so the law, while outwardly it looks like a good moral code, which we should try to keep, it the actual purpose of it, as God intended it, according to Paul in Romans 3, it, it and in Romans 5 too, it came in alongside the sin that our, our sin would actually be more exposed. That exactly. what we are could be manifest. Like it was not there to be the guide. It was mm-hmm. there to be the mirror that says, look at what you are. It's good. Look at what, <laughs> look at how hopeless you are. So we would enter eventually when the gospel comes to repent mm-hmm. and believe in Christ who did fulfill the law, the only one, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think, and I think that's exactly why it's important to backtrack a little bit. Is like, I think another way of viewing it, which I think I think is the verbiage that a lot of Christians would use, is maybe if we don't say law, but we say rules, mm-hmm. and they, you know, Christians would say, I say Christians because I've said this before. It's like, well, why isn't the Bible just the book of rules mm-hmm. or the new rule book, or you could say guide too? Yeah, but it's like thinking about being a Christian. Or, or like almost anything in life. It's like if you get your license, it's like one of the first questions you should ask is, what are the rules? Like what are the laws? How do, what, what am I supposed to do and what am I not supposed to do right. to be a good driver? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm playing a new sport, what are the rules? 
how do I play it legally? Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think with the Christians, I think that's a pretty natural thought. It's like, oh yeah, there's these people that are living a different life than I am. Now I've accepted mm-hmm. what it means to be and take this way of life. What are the rules? What do I do? Yeah. What do I not do? Mm-hmm. Right? So, And I think that does come, I mean, rightfully so, from just any type of concept of the Old Testament Jews that did have a set of rules. It's like they didn't know exactly what was going to take place or what God's plan was. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of, in a sense, that's kind of like the backdrop of like, that's where that concept comes from. And that's why this is an important topic. Because I think that's most people's natural, normal instinct is, what are the rules? I need to follow them, yeah. you know, and not break them. Yeah, and I, I guess one anecdote to this, this is like a side topic, but it's really fun to me, and I love talking to, about it with other Christians, is, you know, some people, even when they look at the law, they think, well, some some are like, yeah, I'm going to try to keep the law. Um, but uh, there's a whole other group of people, maybe they're non-Christians or liberal Christians, is they'll say, well, the law is outdated, you know, mm. Um and it's not a proper thing. And I think there's a gut instinct among fundamentalist Christians. And it's like, you got you to gotta combat that. It's like, no, that's, you know, the law is good and it's holy and perfect. But there's also this thought, I mean, it's Matthew 19.8, where it's like, you know, Moses allowed us to divorce, right? And then he says, well, it's because of the hardness of your heart that he allowed you to do that. But it was not so from the beginning. And then the point David brought up, it's like, Jesus elevates or takes the standard higher so actually even the law it's not the perfect encapsulation of god's moral character and all that he wants out of people it's it's a good enough code to expose sinful flesh and to have have exposed a people at that time but it's not the standard of excellence that christians live by even after getting saved it's not like okay now i'm saved justified in christ now do the law like the law is too short even Right, our, our righteousness to surpass that of the Pharisees. You know, it's and the only way that happens, it's like after salvation, there's a change not just in the moral code, but even the principle. It's no longer codes and laws and duties. It's the spirit. It's a new way. It's life. It's I'm following another person inwardly from my spirit within, and he's governing and regulating and making me another person by doing that. I think that's maybe that's where like the huge disconnect comes with most Christians is like, I think we still a lot of times subconsciously think the law is the way or the law is the. I know I'm not justified by the law, but I'm still trying, you know, because I want to be good. Well, it's like surely God put it there for a purpose. Uh huh. Right. Not to follow it. Yeah. And in some sense, it even seems like a safe bet. (laughs) It's like I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but probably not. I probably shouldn't be breaking these things. Yeah. And surely if you are breaking those things, you're not living by the Spirit. Right. But not breaking those things is not necessarily living by the Spirit. Mm. Amen. You know? So I think Paul's an excellent example. In Philippians, he says, like, me, like, according to law, having become blameless, you know? Um, there, I don't know what Paul on earth means by that in Philippians 3, became <laughs> blameless. Maybe that means he, like, did the sacrifices when he sinned or maybe he's saying I didn't really sin but then Romans 7 he says he coveted so I don't maybe sacrifices whatever y'all think about that Mm -hmm. but he says like even that attainment was short because the goal of the Christian life is to know Christ to participate Mm -hmm. in Christ to be 
um, reconstituted with Christ, transformed metabolically. It's like the goal is not follow the rules, check the boxes, pass the judgment seat. It's become another person, a person that is mingled with God. And that is like a like that's what God is interested in, is people who have Christ wrought into their being, not law keepers. Even though law keepers is way better than law breakers, like you're still too short. And you can't do it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, but... Well... You got Romans pulled up. Sorry. You know, we uh, we said in our planning session, which was long, if we that we weren't going to do a Bible study on this. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like to read Romans 8, 3, and 4, because they really seem to... I mean, this, this seems to me such a clear statement on this. And... I before I read them, I want to say exactly you know what Will said about it being the natural impulse is is totally correct. Paul identifies that throughout Romans seven and says, mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's something just just pre-installed software in 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 the human being that says God said to do the thing, so I'm going to do the thing. Mm-hmm. There's also, unfortunately, pre-installed software that confirms that you will not. Uh, but but there's something in us that attaches and reacts to what God says and says, yes, all that Jehovah has said we will do and keep, mm-hmm. just like the children of Israel there at, the Mount, at Mount Sinai. So, with that in mind, I think these verses, when we when this these two verses, when these become our not just something we know, but our realization, this really kind of holds us in a proper relationship to the law. So mm-hmm. now we'll read. Romans 8, 3 and 4. For that which the law could not do, mm-hmm. in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of the flesh of sin and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So I'll make one more point before I stop talking for the whole podcast. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) In 8.4, Paul confirms that the law must be fulfilled. Right. He Mm -hmm. said, so he, so we cannot be people who disregard the law. Mm-hmm. Paul says the law will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But he says very carefully, he does not say by us. He says in us. Mm. So well, what Paul is saying is that when we are people who are in 8-2 in Christ Jesus and who are walking in the spirit in 8-4, the law is automatically fulfilled Mm -hmm. and fulfilled like reese was saying not just in its in its broad boilerplate in its structural outline like we saw at in in exodus or even in its uplifted version in matthew 5 yeah in its full version in in the living Mm -hmm. that matches god the law came to to expose us but also to speak about the character of God and who he is, what kind of God he is. But when we are living by his son, the only one who did this, and his son is practically living in us, God is being expressed. 
And this kind of living fulfills the entire law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, there's there's a... I think Galatians is also really instructive. Romans and Galatians are like always the, the go-to books for the law. And Galatians is a great example of, a, of Christians who took the law the wrong way, right? Some Judaizers came in and, and said, well, you should still be practicing law. And Paul in Galatians 3, he says, you know, oh, foolish Galatians, you having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And what does it mean to be perfected by the flesh? But he's, you read Romans 3, and actually it's Romans 2 as well, or Galatians, sorry, Galatians 3, Galatians 2. He's equating flesh with law keeping. It's like the law incites our flesh to do something, which is what Romans 7 is about. And the Galatians, they had been saved. They were saved by the Spirit, but then they went back to the flesh to now try and carry out outward activities and do certain law-abiding things. And the whole point is, like, you get perfected by the Spirit. Like, the whole thing is in the Spirit. So if you're a person who emphasizes law and who is whose goal, whose heart is aimed at law, and being, law means being good as a general characterization, whatever that is to you, whether it's the law of God or it's your own self-made laws, it's something that incites our natural flesh to try to do. And that's, that is where we fail. That's where we've become Pharisees that, if we're good at it, or just failing backslidden Christians who just can't make it and we get discouraged. But the whole point is focus on the Spirit, enjoy the Spirit. The Spirit perfects. He's the one who saves and He's the one who perfects and He's the one who carries out the law in us. Mm-hmm. So that eventually our living is a living out of an even, like you said, more detailed, full version of Matthew 5, right? It's like the Matthew 5 doesn't speak to how to interact with my coworkers right. in detail. But there is a law of the spirit of life in Romans 8, 2, where it, it can't give you that specific law. It can live that out of you. It's a law that, that does everything in us and for us. But, but if I'm focusing on doing something, if I'm according to the principle of law, it just incites my good flesh and it causes my you know, failing flesh to be exposed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, what else we got, David? Because I've been thinking about how to tie this grass analogy in, and I'm, I think I got it, but I, you know, if y'all want to keep going a little bit, give me a little more time to think about it. Well, I've got one more point that I was going to get in, but if Will, if you want to wrap us up with the grass analogy. No, why don't you go ahead and get one more point, because this grass analogy is probably going to land like a rock, so go ahead. Perfect. Okay, good. That's how we want to end. Um, so, you know, I, I've had this question, and and... I'm not sure what you guys believe about this, but I, so I've often, you know, when, when, when we, when we meet with uh, someone who's newer in the faith or maybe even just got saved and we, we want to introduce them to reading the Bible, yeah, we, we always, we, we recommend they start with the gospel of John. It's a gospel full of life. You know, it's full of, it's, it's full of the details and unpacking of what just happened to you. You just got saved. Do you know who this person is? Yeah. He look at how much he cares for all these people. Look at how he, you know, look look at what he does. Look at his heart to heal and to restore life. And now he's the spirit yeah. living in you. He's 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 coming to declare all these wonderful things. Okay. So that's why we have him start with John. But why doesn't the New Testament start with John? Hmm. And you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I've had this question for a long time. Then I asked brother one time, I was sitting down with him at 
over lunch, and this was just kind of a parlor game question, you know, because no one had really given me a real answer. Mm -hmm. And then he answered it in the most offhand, like, how did you not know that? Of course. He said, he said, oh, well, what's in Matthew? And I said, oh, well, you know, I mean, the Lord speaks about, you know, his, his return, his, his coming, the, 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 the law of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, it's so that you know that you need a savior. Hmm. So you read Matthew and you recognize I can't do this. And then you read John and you find out who can. Wow. So, you know, I, and so what I said, I'm not sure what you guys believe about this, is that even the order of the, the way the books are arranged is mm-hmm. so sovereign of our God. I believe this, certainly, that, that God set Matthew, and you get to Matthew 5, and then you say, you know, it says you must be perfect. You, therefore, will be perfect yeah. as my heavenly Father is mm-hmm. perfect. How? The, the, perf- the righteousness of God? Yep. Yeah. How? Yeah. How am I going to do that? You know, I, I, I've sinned according to Matthew 5, 10 times before I finished <laughs> reading that chapter. Yeah. I was thinking about how someone was a moron. <laughs> but then, and then and, but if you was just Will? stick with it. Was it me? We, you know, if you, you, we're not going to get into names. I mean, who knows? Uh, but you stick with it, and then you find, right you find in John that, that Christ came to fulfill the law and he wants to be in you Mm -hmm. you can have life in his name and that life like we read in romans fulfills the law in us Mm -hmm. automatically and spontaneously so matthew makes us desperate john provides us the solution Mm -hmm. so that little spot in my yard i would consider that desperate grass it's not dead but it's fighting and it's been fighting for a while because it's getting a little bit of juice, yeah. but it's not enough juice. So for a long time, mm-hmm. I'd been thinking why that's happening. But I did a little bit of research and I figured out why. So when you know when fall happens, what you're supposed to do is get all the leaves out of your yard. You're supposed to rake them up, hand them off. Well, I have a lawnmower, so for a while I was mulching them up. And then, and then after I'd mulch them, I'd rake them in a pile. That little spot is right where I rake that pile. I had gotten all the leaves up, but there was still a lot of little mulch all in there. I say mulch. I mean, it's not really mulch. It's just leaves, yeah. shavings. Dead leaves are very acidic to grass. It's not good for grass. Mm. So those, those, those things are just a little fighting. So I'm going to tie it in here. I'm going <laughs> to tie it in. I'm ready. <laughs> the law of the grass is for it to flourish if it's in a normal condition. For the water, you know, that's, it, it was pretty obvious when David said, have you been watering it? It's like... Well, yeah, that's standard. You water grass, and the law is that it grows for the most part. But because it had the acidic leaves on top of it, it could not flourish like it's supposed to flourish. Mm -hmm. So, if we find ourselves as the little patch of yellow grass, Hmm. we need to regroup because we're probably in Romans 7. Mm. Or we're falling short in Matthew 5. Mm. So we need to rake all the leaves up, which is confessing to the Lord becoming desperate and then when the leaves go away we'll start sprouting back up again we'll be in Romans 8 so are the leaves the law the leaves are I don't know (laughs) probably sin I mean maybe the law of sin and death Hmm. hey shout out law of sin and death what (laughs) well you know we didn't talk about that law but it it needs to be shout out because we need to know how to deal with it Mm -hmm. yeah I think the analogy is it almost works yeah, almost yeah 
So are we saying we're going to do a part two on the law because I jumped the gun and just made us talk about the positive part? No, I think we hit it. If they want to talk about the negative part, I mean, they've already experienced enough of it. There are the laws in Romans 7 we can talk about. I mean, we could have talked about, we could have read any verses from Romans 7. Why don't we let our listeners decide? We get hundreds of requests every single week. Right. And And we would love to process them all. Yeah. But, but usually, if they don't come with a little bit of change, you know, then we're just not going to entertain them. So. As we said, we don't take your money, <laughs> but we do find we do appreciate that you would contribute it to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, before we get off on this, I, I did want to say one other point about laws. Hmm. So, you know, what Reese said there about, you know, that Matthew 5 doesn't tell us how to interact with our coworker when they are a jerk. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, there is a the the law of the spirit of life has all of that pre bundled, and it's just mm. it just gets there, and then it just unpacks, unzips that file. Yep, here's what you do. Here's how you can live Christ in front of your coworker. You know, and the author of Hebrews brings this out too. Mm. He's uh, when he quotes Jeremiah, yep, and he says he he makes a very important change. He says, "I will," you know, he's talking about the new covenant. He says, "I will impart my laws." And on your heart, I will inscribe them. And so this law has become many laws, all written to, to address every situation. Yep. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's another side point we could have gone into. It's like the law that we have now is a living person inside of us. Exactly. Which I was thinking of, I want to mention John 117. Like the law was given through Moses, right? It's an external thing placing demands. But grace and reality came wasn't given it came through jesus right. and it now indwells us and now we have the grace and reality that is the fulfillment of the law animating us and it can be our source our new source daily so we just enjoy that amen. and then the laws <laughs> work out spontaneously amen okay until next time okay go fix will's yard now we're gonna fix my yard <laughs>